Hey everybody, Brittany here with a quick note before we jump into today's episode. The audio is going to sound a little rough at times. At this point in our MCFC journey, we were still figuring out our setup, but we were so excited about these films and the discussion that follows, we wanted to get it out there in the best shape we could. We hope you'll bear with us and know that the quality does improve in future episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in, and now let's get to the show. Welcome, welcome to one more episode of Movie Cinema Film Club. Today's episode is brought to you by Brittany. Yes, it is. I picked the films this week and I'm so excited to get into them. But before we do, I want to start with our dailies, which of course is something interesting, inspiring, exciting, or just cool that happened throughout your week. So let's start off with Bo. What's your daily this week? Thank you for asking. I'd love to tell you my daily. To this week's daily was the fact that I signed up and completed a class on pinstriping. It was awesome. I learned a lot of great skills of just how to pinstripe, how to gold leaf, how to script, how to hand letter in the kind of ink that you would do in the old uh, sign lettering uh, days and the old pinstriping days on trucks and cars but it was great and i'm so glad i did it i made a lot of friends okay how about you ian what's your daily for the week so you know you both know i love public libraries i'm a proud supporter of public libraries and this morning as i was journaling i was reminiscing about my days in philadelphia and i was like you know that was such an awesome library i had such great times like just spending the weekend going to the downtown public library it's kind of been sad that because of COVID, I haven't been able to like experience the Dallas Public Library. And again, and I've, you know, there's ways I could order books and I could show up. And recently they started reopening the libraries, but it's not the Mm. same. Mm. And I get an email today from the Dallas Public Library. They have a gigantic vault of vinyl (gasps) records you can check out. And I had a full body (laughs) orgasm. In my, I was like, what? <laughs> and I just put holds. I got a Sonny Rollins, a Billie Holiday, a live jazz festival, Newport Jazz. Wow. I, got, like, I, got, I can check them out for like a, a week. Like, I could just, and like, I'm probably the only dude <laughs> <laughs> under the age of 72 that's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, there's a gigantic, and they have new shit. There's like the new Leon Bridges, wow. the new, like, all this stuff on vinyl that I'm like, I was like, wow. thank you. Thank you, Dallas Public. Like, I'm stoked. I will. I'm just gonna explore every random fucking album. That's amazing. There's wow. thousands of records. Yeah, that's my daily. I was good I, for you, buddy. I'm pumped. Mm, so many snaps. Good for you. So many snaps. Brit. Uh, well, my daily is uh just a general sense of feeling motivated as fuck lately. Uh, I decided. Mm. I decided that I'm uh, the place that I've been working part time making kava. Shout out to kava. Um, is is only semi-utilized. I feel like there's a lot of potential in that place, and it's just kind of like, sure, we make kava, whatever. I don't know. Um, and I've been wanting to like push myself more culinarily, 
and decided I'm going to do a pop-up there. So I've been like, I have a little spreadsheet. That's awesome. In my, my Google Sheets, and I've been just like, like jotting down ideas and like watching all of my late night uh, watchings of things now on YouTube is just like street food from around the world. Like just watching people make street food and like jotting down like, what the fuck is this thing in Korea with the waffle and the mozzarella oh, cheese nice. and whatever. <laughs> like, Cause nice. uh, I want, I want to do a street food focused pop-up. So I've been uh, plugging good, away, good. plugging oh, yeah. away on that. And then uh, through a friend of a friend, I just booked a random catering gig and just like went wild on the menu and did all this shit that I was like, he's probably not even going to like this. Cause he seems like a real basic dude, but he went for it. It was fine. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, boom, 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 doing shit. That's my daily. <laughs> yes. Good. That's, yes. A, that's awesome to hear. It's, I mean, honestly, that's what I want from all of us is just to be mm-hmm. like creating whatever it is, whatever we want to do. God, you only have one, one, one go at all this shit, right? I mean, maybe. Who Get knows? Get out there. Maybe you'll come back as a duck, but then you'll be like, God, right. I wish I could make a, a galette, but I can't. Right. Um, I mean, I just got these so, fucking because I'm, I'm a fucking feathers duck. And bullshit. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Ian's giving us a strip show now, um, and I am going to just move on to our first film for this week, which is Boy. Okay, Boy uh, is the story of hearing a lot about Michael Jackson, and then not getting any delivery of Michael Jackson. Fatherhood. Am I right, Ian? Great synopsis, Britt. Amazing. <laughs> You stood and delivered. <laughs> um, well, couple thoughts. Look at me, look at me, look at me. When the boy character is infatuated with a popular pretty girl, and he's so desperate for her to look at him, that uh, really hit me, and I could really relate to that. Uh, this is going to get awkward and heavy really quick, but a story <laughs> that I haven't really told anyone. When I was like 19 and in college, I was uh, I had a philosophy class that the seating was kind of a half circle. It was an arc. And there was a very like popular girl who was very college attractive. You know, uh, I probably wouldn't find it. You know, probably an Abercrombie polo. It was the early 2000s. And she sat uh, directly across from me, and uh, one day, and she sat with two cool guys that looked like they played football, and then one day, somebody left a note on my chair that said, stop staring at me, <laughs> and it's one of the most embarrassing moments, and I felt so self-conscious. The truth is, I probably did stare oh, at her. I probably did think, like, this is a very good-looking person or something. And the, you know, in my defense, the awkwardness was she was sitting directly across me from the room. But I felt so small. Mm. I felt so, like, it's like one of the few moments in my life that, like, the bully gave me a wedgie and dunked dunked me in the toilet. Like, ah, I feel like a low, small person. So, to me, a lot of this movie is about shame, right? It's like the dad shame uh mostly of being a shitty father not being there for his the birth of his second child which they don't really explain where he's at but you could imagine he's doing some wrongdoing um but i really uh really enjoyed this film overall and 
The other point I wanted to make, which I'm really glad you picked this, Brit, because we previously watched uh, Hunt for the Wilder yep. People, and I didn't, I didn't love it. And I think he has a very unique style. And I, I guess I would equate it to the first time I heard Joanna Newsom, and like her album Peach Plum Pear, which all these people were like, "This is amazing." I was like, "I don't know." Ah, what? Or like Vampire Weekend, the first time I heard that, I was like, I don't know. These kind of artists that have a very uh, maybe unconventional sound or style or whatever. And at first, so I think this movie is an earlier almost version of Hunt for Wonder People. And this is also kind of segue into concession stand. I was like, you know what? I you know I think it might have been just like I, I, I wasn't ready for his like really, really dark comedy. And I'm really glad you picked this because I am a fan. I, I think he did a great job. And my only last point was the ending of this movie is one of my the funniest punchlines that I've ever seen in a film where I was crying tears of laughter and, like, sympathy. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, the punctuation ending of this movie was phenomenal. So, great pick. I really enjoyed it. Oh, that it. makes me so happy. Uh, Bo, why don't you take next? Um, that makes me happy, too, because, like, when Ian said he didn't, like, hunt for wilder people, I, I, it, it kind of, like, it, it, it sort of was like watching a, a shooting star, and you're like, oh, because you know that star is now dead, and it just burned out into a ball. I mean, I, I did definitely everything. think less of him as a person when he... Well, I was just like, I was like, I, I was like, I was like, how could I get along with this person so much? Right. And yet they didn't like hunt for wilder people like that. That to me is like, that seems like so weird. But but, you know, I accept people who are different than me. Um, I, 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 I liked this film and I'll have to say this. I felt like it was the freshman version of his later work. And 100%. I could feel that. And that's not a, it's not a bad thing. It's just that if you compare this to even a work like Jojo Rabbit, right? Um, have you seen Jojo Rabbit? I have not. Okay. So, well, well then I'll, I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back. <laughs> um, I would say, like, in his more mature, uh, you know, aged films, the things that he's done later, you can really tell that he has a specific style, but he is honing it in after each film and by the time you get to jojo rabbit you're like oh fuck you like dialed this in you really know how to balance um a serious topic and uh, with heartwarming and comedy right it's like there's something there that you're like you know there's nothing really funny inherently funny about a father who abandons their children right and goes off and goes to prison and that kind of stuff but like he does it in a way that is so heartwarming and from a child's perspective, right? He really understands how to catch a child's perspective of something because even the way the characters in this film treated every, every situation was very much like authentically a child. And I just love, I love all the interactions that, that I mean, first off, I don't know how that kid is not like a famous actor now because like he was really good in this film. Mm -hmm. Really good. Which one? And the maybe, main? Yeah. I, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Taika Waititi's understanding of how to get what he needs out of his actors as children. 
Um, and, and just seeing interviews and seeing video of him, it's, it's clear that he understands how to like engage and make a set fun. Um, and so that really goes to that goes to Taika because he, he really did do that in this film. It felt fun. And even though you know that there are like eight kids being left alone for two weeks, uh, you kind of like scrape over that to get to the part where you're like that this is a kid's movie from the kid's perspective. Not a kid's movie, but like a movie from the kid's perspective, you know. Um, I really liked it. But again, I would say that having watched it after his other movies, and I've seen all of his other movies, I would say watching this, I'm like, okay, I can tell this is his first movie, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, almost, it almost plays out in a sense like a Bollywood film, which is that there's a story, and then, right. then, then the story's <laughs> over, and then there's a dance sequence. <laughs> and yeah. this funny Boy. thing with all the characters is like, that's a really interesting idea to address in, in in a film like this. In a hilarious way, there's that. Yeah, he definitely incorporates almost musical elements, like the whole like beaded dance scene in the bar uh-huh. fight. I was like, that was a, gr- a brilliant yeah. choice. So good. By the way, so I have, I have, I didn't know this, but I have seen his first movie, Eagle vs. Shark. Oh I just yeah. Didn't know it was him. I saw it like, yeah. But anyway, I like that. You know, but I knew yeah, like Jermaine. Yeah, her, him, and Ger- him and Jermaine have been very close, and they worked on Flight of the Concord stuff yep. together, and, and what we do in the shadows, that kind of stuff. So, it, it's Jermaine. J- oh, Jermaine. Jermaine. Sorry, Chris, sorry, sorry about that. This was your pick. Thoughts. So many. Um, I <laughs> I really like this as well. Yeah, buckle up. Um, as as the resident person with the most deadbeat of dads. Uh, I I related to this, but I I'm glad to hear that somebody like Ian related to it as well. Because I think I, if I had to like put his as a director like his top things, you know, his top three or five things, I think like relatability is definitely up there. Because regardless of the setting, the situation, the age of the character, whatever, you always relate to his characters. And uh, that, yeah, I think all of those unique little touches of the look at me, look at me and the the illustration of his brother's sort of like reimagining or dramatization of whatever the situation was, I thought added such a unique, awesome touch to this. Um, And I really like the way that all of those things throughout the course of the film, you sort of, I mean, you know, when the dad shows up, you already know he's a piece of shit just from the way he rolls up and is like, oh, like, who are you? What's like, what's going on? You know, am I supposed to, whatever, who cares, you know? Um, But even knowing that it is sort of like a slow reveal of how truly just like, he's still a kid. He's not even like, you can't even put him in the category of dad. He has no idea what the fuck's going on and can't care, you know, or be present even if he wanted to. Um, And I, I like the sort of slow, like, we're seeing more and more of that as viewers as it goes on. Uh, Egg is seeing more and more of that himself as he's trying to relate to him and get closer to him and is just sort of going like, wait, you know? And and then even through like the illustrations of his brother, they kind of get like darker and darker as the film goes on. I really liked all of that. Um, but yeah, like I said, I related to this a lot because I've definitely lived those moments of like idealizing the fact that your dad is here 
and how great that should be. And, and like sort of applying that to the situation, regardless of what's actually happening. And then sort of slowly realizing Mm -hmm. as time goes on, like, Oh, your physical presence here doesn't actually mean anything more than (laughs) your physical presence here. Um, So I thought that that was, that was told in a very interesting way. Um, But I do agree that, it feels very much like it's not his first film, but it is very early, like figuring out of exactly what his voice is and how he's going to apply that. Um, but he, he still did manage to hit you with that, uh, that scene. I think it was pretty early on when you actually see through the doorway, the him holding the baby and sobbing and the grandma's there and you just see like the mom's feet that he fucking mm-hmm. always, all of his films have that moment where it's like, you think that you're just sort of like, oh, we're just going along. We've got a story. Sure, everything's fine. And then it's like, bam, fucking reality comes crashing in. And I just, I really like the way mm. he does that. Yes, Bo, you have things. I think that Taika Waititi is a lot like Quentin Tarantino in the sense that, like, he didn't go to school for film. He doesn't, he, he didn't learn how to do this early on as a, uh, 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 you know, a 15 year old. He's not Spielberg and breaking through the, the back lot and becoming like a director accidentally, you know, on purpose. I mean, um, Taika knows how to make a good story and how to make a good film because he's watched a lot of great films. And I think what he's learned from that is that he knows how to tell a story that will connect to you because he, he's coming from a viewer standpoint, in mm. my opinion. The way that Tarantino is. Tarantino is such a... He soaked up every fucking film. And there's this famous uh, video of him saying, like, if you love film, if you really love film, you can make a movie. If you fucking have passion for it, it's, it's about understanding film, period. It's not about going to school. It's not about apertures and, and lenses and lighting. It's, it's about, like... How do you want to tell the story? And if you understand how a story is told, you can do it. And I feel like Taika Waititi is, is really good at it. And what I love is that he has been able to make the films that truly seem like films that he wants to make. And now he's starting to uh, pave the way just because he has this quirky way of telling a story. And people are going like, hey, that works. I didn't know that that works. I thought we do, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, act one, act two, act three. It's the hero's journey and blah, blah. It's like he's not doing that in a lot of ways. And so with movies like Hunt for Wilder People, with this movie, uh, what we do in the shadows, even even Thor Ragnarok. It's like in Jojo Rabbit. It's like this is a story that's told from a very interesting standpoint. And I think a lot of quote-unquote Hollywood is taking note going like oh we've got to get different people to do this because I think what comes from that uh is things like James Gunn making Guardians of the Galaxy where it's like it's kind of an offbeat thing right yeah or 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 even this like garbage movie that's being made Suicide Squad it's like it's coming from a let's tell a story that has comedy and family or uh, uh you know heartfelt side and comedy it's like it's not this linear it's not this like absolutely like cookie cutter stamp taika is making stuff like in fact he just he just wrote i just saw an article with him saying like 
I shouldn't be able to have made the film that I just made. This is the film that's coming out next year. He's like, it doesn't make sense. And I'm so, uh, it's just like, it's, I don't know. I don't know how they let me make this film. It's so crazy. And I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to see that. You know, <laughs> I can't wait to see whatever that means. It's crazy. It's gotta yeah, be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause I, because I remember, I don't want to talk about anything other than the film we saw. Okay, fine. That, that was a great I'll, point. Uh, Ian. Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll watch JoJo. Um, no, I. Uh, I mean, we're not gonna make you. I just, just think you should. <laughs> no, but uh, I know I would like to. Um, I was super, and I just wanted to comp- comment that I was super impressed by his acting ability. Like you mm. know, like a lot of directors insert themselves into films, but it's always like Tarantino will have like one line right. and just like, uh, or Hitchcock will like walk in the background. But I'm like, yeah, this guy like was a main. Right character well, in I think this, this was film. the and biggest like, all of his other ones he's you know maybe he's in it a little bit but this was like yeah he was actually one of the main characters i would say yeah. that that's one thing that i would say about uh, uh tarantino it's like i've never wanted to cringe more than watching pulp fiction yeah. and watching tarantino <laughs> in the kitchen scene oh, being God. like hey buddy hey buddy Ugh. you're not an actor you're a great director but like right. please don't put yourself in these movies anymore but like I don't feel that way with with Taika. I th- I'm like, oh, this, you're you're pretty good. You 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 get this character. You understand this character, and you know how to do this. The only other comment I wanted to add about this film was like, I was genuinely surprised at many turns throughout this film. Like in terms of piggybacking up both your points of like, you know, he's he's telling a story from a very different perspective than a lot of other people, and like. There was a lot of those moments that you feel like the obvious and kind of every, like, uh, you know, obviously when Boyd finds the money, I'm like, okay, like someone's going to steal it. And I just assumed like one of the other gangsters and I'm like, I did not see this right. goat. He <laughs> need the money. Like I didn't, yeah. didn't see that coming. And that was, a, that was, a, that was an interesting choice, you know? And, yeah. or like, I genuinely thought the dad left and then you're like, oh, he's, he's at the grave. Mm. Like, oh, I, I didn't think it was going to, I thought the brother was going to go to the grave. Like, there was just like time after time after time that he did throw me or the dad was not at you know the birth of his brother you know at egg's birth you know like uh, oh you know um so a lot of his choices um kept me on my toes so i, I was like yeah good storytelling taika yes Great thanks taika um i also wanted to add because i forgot you said this earlier Bo, about the the boy that plays egg um we're just calling him that now uh (laughs) he was not supposed to play that role i read that he was actually an extra and taika just saw him on set doing whatever and was like what's going on there i want this kid to read and then Mm. threw away the other kid that was supposed to be the main actor and had him star. Yeah. Um, And also maybe part of the reason, I think this didn't have a very wide release initially, because I know a lot of the things I read were sort of like a few years after saying like, oh, this was finally released in the UK or whatever. So like now I can review it. So that Mm. might be part of the reason that that kid is not a sensation, aside from the fact that, you know, he's in New New Zealand Mm. and, Nobody cares what they do down there around the world. <laughs> what did you uh, what did you rate this film, guys? I gave this a hard eight. 
Hard eight. She's giving it a hard eight. It's which is so rock funny hard. because I gave it I gave it a hard eight too. Yeah. And how about you, Ian? <laughs> Are you ready for a six point seven three or what? I believe Thriller came out. No, uh, I gave it an eight point three. Nice. 8.3, that is when Thriller came out. Okay. Um, <laughs> also, I, you know, I mentioned this to Brittany, but did you watch it all the way to the very, very, very end? Not after the initial, like... Yeah. Yeah, all the way through the end of the credits. Wait. The end of the credits. Wait, I mean, I watched the Thriller dance. Same. Yeah, well, so at the very at the very end of the entire uh -huh. credits... All the credits. There's a scene. There's a scene with a goat, and it's just the goat on the Billie Jean floor and he's just walking across and the panels are lighting up and i was like awesome. i was like i like that they did the dance but like i even like that goat better <laughs> just like this the 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 mm. tippy the mm. tippy tappy is like mm. like just mm. walking across mm. the panel with the lights coming on i was like i really like you taika i mm -hmm. really really like you i love you it's a uh, it's great redemption for <laughs> it's uh and i regret not making my name shofgun <laughs> but uh <laughs> Wow. Shelf Gun is a good name. Um, uh, before we get to the next film, are we doing? Are we doing? Well, this, is where, I was, oh, you this know, is where I was. You know, I got a, I got a quiz for you, baby. Was, We're gonna get quizzed up. I was. You were handing. I took it. I, I got. You don't even need to hand. We're here. Are you ready, gentlemen? It's me versus Bo. It's I'm Ian ready. versus Bo. I have a question. I can't wait. Don't you dare raise your fucking hand until I put that question mark at the end. But once I do, first man to raise his hand, I will call on you. You have a chance to answer. We will get another drink and we will reconvene for part two of the quiz. Ba -da 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 -da. Which real life sometimes couple starred in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Oh fuck! I can't think of their name. Oh, I I can see their faces. Half a point if you can come up with one, Ian. Elizabeth Taylor and Burt Lancaster. You're. So, I want to give close. you like three quarters of a point. No. Uh, Why? We, actually, we haven't had this moment of someone getting it wrong. Are we supposed to throw to the other person? Does Bo get a chance now? <laughs> Yeah, he's he's got he's, he gets a chance. Okay, Bo, if you have if you have a guess. I thought it was Richard Burton. I don't know why that name Richard Burton, 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 Richard Burton. Burton. I I knew it was Elizabeth Taylor. I knew that. I knew that. But like, it's Richard something, isn't it? Well, I mean, are you guessing or am, are you just asking me to tell you the answer? Richard Burton. <laughs> I'm gonna say Richard Burton. Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. And let me tell you. Oh! Do we get do we get a half point each? I, well, wait, you didn't get the whole answer, but I wrong, did. Ian. So now, now we gotta figure this no. out. No, we'll have to no, 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 no. this is You said This is gonna be precedent for later cases, but I mean for right now, let's get a refill and come back for part two. Let's get a refill.
All right, is everyone back? Refreshed? Pee? Yeah, let's Got do a, it. Got a refilled uh, cocktail. Uh, feeling good? Feeling great? I'm feeling good. Feeling great. I'm ready for that steal. That, ready that, for that was steel. very All right. convincing. So I, All right. I get I get first crack at the second question. So just yes, hold your horses, Bo. Ian. You can't <laughs> get this, Ian. No, I'm just trying to be. I'm trying to act like I'm trying to act like someone that would would would. Would be someone, someone who's overly competitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. right. Someone, someone who's just like a piece of shit in that way. Right, right. Okay. So we have established that the real life Mm -hmm. sometimes couple that started Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf Mm -hmm. was Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. Or if you're Ian, uh, Bert. Who did you say? Whatever. Who cares? It was wrong. Um, So Bo. Uh, for part two of this question, what year yes. did the film Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf smash into theaters? Ooh, his, his face is scrunching. He's going deep. Do I have a time limit? Do I, do I have a time limit? I mean, limit? let's be reasonable. Come on. Okay, okay. Okay, so if I'm going to use my uh, voice of deduction, okay, I'm going to try to figure this out. Mm. It was definitely sometimes, sometime in the no. 60s. Oh, okay. Just say the name. Just say, okay. I'm going <laughs> to guess 1966. 1966 is what I say. Wow. You are correct. <laughs> well, good answer, Bo. Uh, good answer. Bravo. Thank you. Congratulations. Uh, well, you guys, are you ready to talk about... Yes. Yes. Our second film. <laughs> I am so actually, I'm actually I'm actually so ready to talk about this film. That's great because you know what? This film, it's called The Searchers, and who gives a fuck about who directed it or what year it came out? All I'm gonna say is uh-huh, because I'm doing exactly what you said. All I'm gonna say is, um racism, am I right? Bo, take us away. Okay, so a lot of people would consider this film, The Searchers, by John Ford, who should be respected <laughs> on every level, um, starring John Wayne and then a bunch of other people. That and what what year did this film other... come out? Mm, 1956. 1956. 1956. I'll do it if you want. Okay, I got another I two points. I got another two points. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, you don't no, no, need no, it. I said it, Ian. All right. I said it, Ian. <laughs> He's so competitive. He thinks I really want two points for that. Um, okay, so <laughs> um, what I was gonna say is, this is uh, considered. That'll be, be the uh, day. <laughs> this is considered to be one of the greatest films of all time. It's on the AFI 100. It's considered by a lot of directors to be one of those films that is timeless and holds up like Citizen Kane does. And while watching it, I have to say this: I challenged that sentiment. I really did. And I've thought about it. I've processed it a lot. And I want to come at you guys because I, I kind of feel like both of you are going to have similar feelings. So I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, like, after really addressing it and thinking about it, uh, here's where I think the problems are. One, it is or it feels like it's racist in an exaggerated way. It feels like it has not aged well. It feels like the characters in many ways are unlikable and 
it feels like there's comedy in this when it shouldn't have it. There are so many parts of this movie that I struggled with because at the time while watching it, I was like, why? Why? What the fuck? And I just felt like me as a person in the year 2021 has moved so far beyond feeling comfortable with the people around me or watching a film that has dated ideals, racist thoughts, and thinking, I don't even want to spend my time on this. But I actually think after, after really addressing this film, I think this film is good. And I think it does a good job at a lot of things. And I think that it's masked, and I say masked, in maybe a flawed way. In maybe a flawed way. I'm not positive. I'm still, I'm still thinking about this film. One, it's shot beautifully. Uh, undeniably good in the way that it was shot okay so cinematography alone from the opening scene to the closing scene especially those two specific scenes that moment when there's a black room just darkness and then you open it to see the wild west and john wayne coming up it's like holy fuck this is such an iconic image right and i think part of the problem I'm going to address this. I am going to give this off to you guys. I'm not going to talk the whole time. Uh, part of the problem is, is that we automatically put John Wayne in the hero's shoes. We do that because history has told us to do so. But the truth is, is John Wayne is a piece of shit in this movie. And he's not a likable character. And he represents every old ideal. And that's what John Ford, the director, is showcasing in this character and that the other characters in this film are trying to, are trying to address those racist old views and challenge them. And what happens is, is our, pro our problem as a viewer is we put John Wayne in the hero's shoes. But in this movie, he is not the hero. And I think that he's trying to address, and maybe he fails at it. Maybe John Ford as a director fails at it. But he tries to showcase uh, this, this, this sort of aged, racist, uh, flawed character. And, 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 and maybe in some moments it doesn't work. It doesn't. But, like, I do think I, I kept thinking about these two journeys, right? Both the... Uh, uh, what were the Indian? The, sorry, the Native American group. The Comanche. 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 Okay, so the <laughs> the Comanche, Comanche, the Comanche group, and uh, John Wayne's party, right, have both lost major battles in their life, and you see that in the movie. The Comanche have had people in their tribe killed by white men. The white men, quote unquote, have had people killed in their group by the Comanche. It is a flawed situation. And everyone on both sides has losses because of it. And all I'm going to say is, I think it would be really easy, and it was for me on watching it. I was like, God damn, these characters, holy fuck, I cannot get behind it. In the year 2021, watching it going like, you sound like a racist piece of garbage. 
But after thinking, I was like, well, yeah, he would be a racist piece of garbage. That doesn't make him right. I don't think he was right. And I think his whole goal of this entire movie was to go fucking finally like find this girl but then realize like well it's too late to find her let's just find her and kill her because she's been ruined by the comanche it's like yeah that's flawed and the other characters in the film are trying to say that i think unfortunately that message isn't conveyed well enough that's my opinion i feel like there could have been a better a better display of the young quarter Indian character having conversation with John Wayne where John Wayne goes like, okay, yeah, maybe my, my ideals, my vision of what America, what the West, what the world is like is flawed a little bit. We don't really get that until the very end where he goes like, instead of killing you, I'll just carry you away. It's like, it might be a minute too late to see that change in him. I could be wrong. A lot of people, a lot of directors, a lot of people say this is a, a, a perfect film. I'd love to hear, because I've said a couple things, I'd love to hear what Ian has to say about this film. Fuck that. Ian's not talking. I'm ready. <laughs> Britt, go. Go, Britt. This is your no, week, Britt. Britt. It's your week, Britt. Go ahead. It's because I, I, I have to want. respond to some things. Uh, I, I, I disagree with some of what you said, but probably not as much as you would think, because... My main problem with this film is not the racism. It's not the fact that John Wayne's not a hero. I've never seen another full John Wayne movie. I just, you know, I know him as an actor. I've seen clips, whatever. He talks slow. Cool. Um, so I have no, like, predisposition for, like, what John Wayne is supposed to be. Um the reason that this does not work for me, and I'm going to bring up Quentin Tarantino again because we've already used him as an example so much today. I think there's a big difference between what this film was trying to do, and I see your points, and I see what it was trying to do. I think it fails so horribly, and that's not the only reason that I Why? hated it. Um, and I, I was thinking about this a lot, is I think that Tarantino makes a lot of films that deal with a lot of awful situations and awful people, but manages to still make a film that is enjoyable, a film that makes you feel something and makes you feel something for both sides, I feel like, a lot of the time. Um, and I don't think, like, in reading about this after watching it, a lot of people said a lot of the things that you said is like, oh, this is trying to sort of put this this horrific racism and all of these things on display. But I don't think that it actually accomplishes that. I think it just is like, this character's awful. They're not trying to say anything about how awful this character is. There's no point that's trying to be made. It's just, here it is. And I was trying to figure out, like, what is that difference? And maybe the thing that Tarantino is doing that this film made no attempt to do is showing you uh, the equivalent would be in this film. Like, can we get some idea of like where the Comanche people are coming from, what their story is, what their motivation is. Sure. Maybe portray them Makes in sense. some way as human beings, because we get absolutely none of that. So we just have like blatant hatred and racism and just awfulness and then absolutely nothing from the other side. I know you have things to say, but guess That's what? That's not true. That's not true. That's not true, Brittany. Why? Because the, 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 
the the nephew, right, or whoever this character is, I think it's the nephew, does challenge Not his blood. beliefs. No, he challenges his. Be- eh. No, no, no. You're 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 wrong in saying that nobody challenges him because that character does. I wasn't that, saying nobody challenges me, him. I was saying we don't see the other that, that's side. That's exactly what you said. The. But what I'm saying is that is that character. And although I agree with you, I think that that is not done as well as it could be. I do think that anyone challenging John Wayne in a John Wayne movie is kind of a big deal and saying like, hey, no, you can't do that. You, you seem reckless and ignorant and you can't just say it like that. Like, I guess that's what that I feel like does. he challenges him what? like sort of almost physically in like trying to stop him from shooting her or trying to, you know, making sure that he goes along for the next leg of the ride to like keep him in line or whatever. There's no conversation of there like, is, there is, there is. And, and right, also, oh, wait, 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 Ian, let me say this one more thing. And then I'm going to, Bo I'm gonna gets to say, to Bo I gets to you. say, this is Bo show. Hold on, hold on. 1966, Richard Burton. no, what I'm going to say is this, is that that, ma- that character, that quarter Indian character, right? Eight. He is never portrayed. <laughs> he's, he's never portrayed as a negative force in this movie. He's always trying to do the right thing. Okay. And he's always trying to bring clarity to the John Wayne character. And that's why I'm saying, like, there is that other side. And the reason that that character is one-eighth uh, one uh, Indian is because he needs to come from that side, even though he's not completely there. I do think that he is trying to be the character of, like, good intention and intelligence and new thought. He's youthful. He's attractive. And, okay, I will be quiet now. I'm going to let Ian talk. Ian. No, I mean, he's, he's youthful, he's attractive, and... And I think that he is trying to be he is the character in the movie that plays that middle ground where he's like he is part Indian, but he speaks on a level that is like we don't act like that. We do not do that. That's not how we treat people. I think he's the the driving force of good in this movie. And I think he calls out John Wayne on so many levels. Okay, I'll be quiet. I'm going to let Ian talk. And and I want to. I just wanted to respond to that and obviously go back to Britt for your take on this, but I think the problem with the execution of this is that actor does not do a very good role, job performing his role, and he kind of comes off as a jackass, an ignorant jackass that might be passionate and like, like a protester, like, you know, defund the police or something, you know, but it's like he doesn't present any rational arguments and I think a lot of people might leave this film like, you know who had good ideas? John Wayne. <laughs> you know, he, he, goddamn I'm sure right. many people did. <laughs> and, and, again, and, and again, I'm not saying I, I agree with you. Like, you know, there isn't, there is a counter narrative. The problem is he just comes off like a fucking jackass, you know? And like, he's almost like the punchline in totally. so many scenes. Yeah. And they, you know, again, I'm not saying. They don't try to have that counter narrative, but it's just shocking that there's no true like heart to heart or even John Wayne even questioning his ideals. I agree and with that's you. That's where yeah. it falls. I guess apart. that's anyway, thank but. you, Ian. I'm too uh, fired up to have said that as eloquently as you did. Um, but, 
beyond all of that, which for me is a considerable part of why I had almost no enjoyment for this film, uh, aside from the cinematography, which is, well, we'll get to scores, but it was the saving grace as far as I'm concerned. Um, my maybe even bigger problem with this was that, and I feel like we've watched a lot of films from this era and from even beyond. And I do know that, you know, films were different back then and acting was different and what was considered baseline and normal in a given situation was totally different. But I thought that this was so overacted, so insanely overly dramatic at points, especially when it came to women. That fucking scene when they knew that the the fucking Comanche were like, you know, descending upon their house and they were trying to lock up and get ready and, and send the daughter through the window and everything and the wife just like, just like impales herself on the fucking window and like has to be pulled back. It's just like, what human being? It was just so insanely over the top in the acting. And I was just like, there there were parts of this that are like almost unwatchable. And so that to me is like almost the greatest offense. Um, and the tone I thought was also like all over the place. And it's like, it would be like serious you know, staring off into the distance and contemplating life kind of Western one moment and then overly dramatic the next moment. And then all of a sudden, like a fucking slapstick, like vaudeville comedy for no reason. Well, and- <coughs> that's where I that's where I think this film starts to fail is that it's trying to lighten the mood and it does it in the wrong way. Uh, it because just this it, film is the film is heavy by nature, right? Sure. The idea of this film is very heavy by nature. I mean, clearly John Wayne's character is in love with his, his brother's wife, which they never really went into other than that, that one scene of them looking at each other. You, you don't need to, you don't need to, you know it, or I wouldn't be bringing it up. It's clear. It's clear. Mm, and there and is, that, there is an interesting theory that you probably both read, but that he is the father of Deborah. Because mm. she was eight years old. He was gone for eight years. That would make oh, things I more interesting. Know. I did not see that. Which would make more sense of why he hunts for her for five right. years and is so distraught that she's Comanche. Right. Comanche. Because Which... like, it also... The, like yeah. it did irritate me a little bit of like yeah this this bitch is dead and or like not like will not recollect growing up here like at this point i was like how many years have passed like it's been five years i was like all I think, right i, think, I mean I, I know I, it's the 1800s but and i think i think if that's true that would be that would be the kind of thing that would come in the the second act of the film but can't because we're in 1956 right it can't be but said why? because then you're you're a why mm-hmm. have we not seen controversial film, topics in movies from the 50s not, and before listen you have to you have to remember like i think until 1960 something every single person on tv was sleeping in separate beds from their husband and or wife yeah the, like, we don't have to show the act of how he's the father but it yeah. can be are you gonna tell it can me, still be an element of the story 
Uh, uh, Brittany, I, I disagree with you 100% because you're coming from a 2000 and whatever brain capacity, which is like so elevated. Even still, to a I, degree that is I like, hated this without knowing the, the knowledge that Ian okay, just brought but, to me. But now, what I'm so. saying is, what I'm saying is, is like you can't dive into certain topics because it's just not allowed at that time. Okay. And luckily in cinema and in, in life, we've been able to evolve to something where we watch this film and go like, you can't do that. Like, that's just wrong. Don't, don't be that character. But like, if you're really watching it, like there are just certain things at the time. You, I don't even like that. The, the, the main Indian character was a fucking white guy. They just put like tan tanning on. It's like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense, but that's what it, that's what it is. Do, do I say like, I don't like this film because of that? No, I have to accept it for the time that it came from is all. I will say in support of Bo's point, I think that's why in terms of like the conservatism of film, like that's why when we saw whatever happened to baby Jane, I was like shocked because it was like 1961. I was like, whoa, like, and I do think there was like a major sea change, much like in all Mm -hmm. pop culture in the 60s where like, I remember the movie, I don't know if anyone's seen the best years of their lives. It's on the top 100. I won't spoil too much, but there's like a notable scene that was like shocking to audiences that when you see, you're like, what the, f- who gives a shit? Mm. <laughs> you know, you're like, what? All right. Like it doesn't, you know, but that came out in 45 and it was like, whoa. Um, I'm going to, uh, I, I did hate this film. Now, <laughs> and, and I love it. I am flabbergasted that it is in the, it's number 12 on the, I also found out, though, it depends on which version of the AFI Top 100 you're looking at. But it is is, definitely, like, in all of them. Yeah. No, it's but it's 10th anniversary. Right. But I I looked at one earlier that I was like, wait, where is it? And it was, like, 90-something. And then I realized it's, like, there are, yeah, there's, like, different anniversary editions. And then they're, like, of all time. But either way, it's in the top 100, which I think is fucking offensive in every way imaginable. Continue. So, a couple points about this. The original AFI Top 100 had it at 98. The 10th anniversary, which came out in 2007, bumped it to number 12. And I was like, hey, my one point is, can we just get the 25th anniversary for 2022? And like, (laughs) hey, everybody, let's revisit this list 15 years later. Because guess what? The first year had Birth of a Nation <laughs> and the 10th anniversary. Matt didn't make the cut, right? Didn't make the cut. But I did not hate this movie because of the you know overt racism. Um, and for the record, I've seen John Ford's films High Noon and Stagecoach, which I think are better films. Stagecoach and, is the, I, I, I agree. Stagecoach is a better film. And I think to your point, Bo, of like, like the cinematography of John Ford, like as much as I hated this film, the closing scene is beautiful. Mm -hmm. You're like, yeah, that's what a fucking Western, right? Um, But I agree with both of you. Like it was, and and as much as I hated this film, I still, I would recommend this film. And I put it in the category of watch this with a group of 10 of your friends, like mystery science theater 3000 (laughs) and just make fun of the absurdity of the overacting, the things that don't hold up. Like, it is a movie to just punch up. Because I thought it was so good. It was so bad, it's good. 
And You're I know crazy. you disagree with me. You're crazy. But, but no, I, uh, and here's the thing. I agree with you on your synopsis, Bo, of John Ford was trying to say, hey, look, you know, these people, in terms of Texacans and Native Americans, hate each other. They're at war with each other. We're not trying to sugarcoat it and make it like it's Thanksgiving dinner. I get that. And I get the choices, but, and that he is, he is portraying this old racist man. And all the other characters are trying to be a voice of reason. But I, you know, you circled up to it before, at like 30 minutes left in the movie, it becomes like a fucking slapstick. Like, all the unnecessary... And the actual, the comedy is what I hated most. I would argue like, that there is you... way more unnecessary, out-of-place slapstick way earlier in the film as well. Oh, like, just the guy bathing and like, Oh, don't look at me naked, ma'am! Like, what, what is Kicking this? Kicking my favorite character, oh, you... look down a hill, while playing like, Vada, bup, bada, bup, Woo! <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was that? Bo, you do want to say something? I want to say something because there's there's a subtle moment that's not so subtle, but it is, in my opinion, subtle, which is that uh, that character, I don't I forget what his name is, but he ends up marrying the squaw bride. Right. Right. And right. and then and then one night she just goes away. Right. She goes missing. And then the next time they see her, they find her dead. Right. And it's funny because. They, they, they address it in two different ways. They say, like, oh, she was running. But then, then the other guy goes, well, maybe she was trying to, maybe she knew where this woman was and she was trying to find her for us. To me, that's a really important message that needs to not be lost, which is that they even said that in the movie. Like, he, maybe she knew what this was and was trying to be good right that was an option to me that says a lot about the way this story is trying to tell these characters it's not just like engines bad white man good it's like they're not doing that they're not doing that and so that woman died and and and, and an option and even an option was brought up in this film that says like maybe she actually was trying to find this girl they figured that out and they fucking killed her you know that could be an option. And to me, it's it like, could be. that's where I, I go like, well, in 1956, that's kind of a big deal. That's kind of a big deal to say like, maybe Indians aren't bad. Maybe they have good intentions. Maybe some are bad, but they're bad because the white men have come in and fucked up shit for them. If that was and supposed to be the message good. of this film, it was missed by a mile. It wasn't because I'm, I'm gonna, telling you, I'm telling you that, that that's one, what I got from that. That one so it wasn't three and a half second scene does not outweigh not one. the rest of the it's movie. It's not one. Does this movie fail at many things? I think it does. But do I think that they're trying to do something new and different and bring a, a perspective that is not being told in many Westerns? I think they are. That's how I feel. Let me, let me make a couple comments because... I think comparatively, and this is where I, I guess I'm just still baffled that it's held in such high regard because you look at, we watched the original Godzilla from like 1955 or something. And is there absurd overacting? Of course there is. But is there still a, a much stronger storyline that articulates like 
hey, maybe all this nuclear testing in the Pacific Ocean might not be good for society. There is an overarching theme, whereas... And I'm also not against the anti-hero. Like, in many ways, I kept thinking about this movie, like, look at the generational change, because in the 70s, you have the good, the bad, the ugly, which has similar characters. Mm -hmm. Or, again, comparing it to Yojimbo, and he's, like, kind of, like, confusing anti-hero heroes with these samurais, but at the core, they have good intentions. Where with this, it's like... John Wayne, I made a note with like he looked there were scenes where he just looks like a plump, drunk Donald Trump who put on chaps and a cowboy hat, <laughs> who is just kind of that dude that's like Fuck you boy there, partner, I'm gonna fuck this shit up and like kiss my ass and just you know, and again my but they don't and again I compare hold on one moment because look, the most famous to me is like in our modern era is Don Draper. And Don Draper is a person we all like, but he is flawed as fuck. But we at least get a glimpse as to understanding why. This dude, this character of John Wayne is just a racist old motherfucker. And there's no redeeming qualities about him. And I don't feel like there's change. You can say what you want of like, he saves the girl, but it's like, and you admitted that like they don't, it was a minute too late. It's like, it didn't make sense. He fucking tried to shoot her like you know 20 minutes earlier in the film and the other dude rescues her and she's fleeing from her life and he's like well i guess i won't kill you let me just pick you up and carry and i'll be the fucking hero as i carry you off into the closing credits because i'm john fucking wayne and it's a like again it's reminiscent to me of people don't realize this but hulk hogan in his contract with wwf he had a clause that he would never lose it's like well, John well, Wayne's never John going Wayne, to lose. John Wayne had the same clause in his contract. He was never going to get beat. For sure. Really? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I think I think he only uh he only went against that like two or three times and every single time that happened, he was never going to get like no one's ever going to get the best of him, right? But then when it did happen, he let it happen a couple times. It's so impactful. It's kind of like jarring, right? I do think that there is a change in his persona. I do think there's I'm sorry, a change. I'm sorry, I missed that in, part in, in, entirely. In and that's the, the only other point that I didn't get to make, which is that part of the reason that, like, I already didn't enjoy this. And then in reading about it after, I was like, I hate it so much more. Because part of what everyone is holding up is, you know, one of the top reasons this is so great is like, oh, this is John Wayne's career defining best performance. And I'm sorry. Every single line that he delivers in this film sounds like he's fucking reading, like he's holding the script on set, just reading the lines from a script with zero fucking emotion. If there was supposed to be a change from him wanting to find her for good reasons, then changing to, oh, well, now she's been tainted by the engines, and so fuck her, she's got to die to oh well you know what let's just go home like i missed all those beats because there was nothing there was no fucking emotion from him other than well that'll be the day and like that's not much to go on like i'm sorry if this was the best performance of his career i don't want to see any other john wayne movies because i that was not an amazing (laughs) performance in my opinion I, I think I okay I will accept all that both of you are saying I will and I'm not gonna tell you even for a second that I didn't think some of what you're saying also 
But after letting it gestate and thinking about it, I did feel like when he says that'll be the day, from from the viewer standpoint, the way that we are now, we look at that kind of mentality and we go like, oh, look at this toxic masculinity and this bullshit, this guy being like, well, good try. Uh, but it's like what we what we don't realize or what, what maybe we need to think about more is the fact that like when, when someone says that, they're masking over this like – it is this ignorance. It's this ignorance. And I think that his character is this ignorant person who's just following like, well, that'll be the day. It's like, yeah, well, the day is now. That is the day. Today is the day that, that you need to fucking wake up and know that things are changing and that we cannot be this way. Now, whether you guys think that that film did that or not, that I can hear you. I can hear you on that. I just think it's trying to do that. I think it's trying to it, change yes. the the momentum of cinema, the momentum of that I story. I will accept that to be it like, was trying. I just think it failed. Okay. I, I, I'll accept it. So so then, that being said, Ian, Brittany, what did you rate this film? Um, this is going to be fun. This I, is gonna be fun. I, I know, right? I also just wanted to add a quick note on what you were just saying. Is that like, oh, sure. look at sure. Christoph Waltz in... Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Look at Leonardo DiCaprio in Django. Like you can have these purely evil, and even within that, like nuanced evil characters, and still have a clear message in your story. And like, this just didn't do that for me. And so, well, I think I think I think I'm glad you brought up Django because like I think Django has a lot in common with the Searchers. I really do. I think it has think, a lot in common in that it, you're characters. cringing watching it, but I still mm -hmm. think that Django is a ten times better film for so many reasons. Okay. Well, have you have you both seen The Revenant as well? I haven't. Yeah. Oh, I wow, haven't. Really? I oh, haven't. <laughs> to our to our uh, listeners, check out The Revenant. It's a solid film. I and, think. And now. Well, I know I, I enjoyed it as well. There was definitely like scenes in the searchers that I felt like were almost shot for shot in the revenue. Mm. Uh, I won't say what scenes, but I'm like it seemed to have a big influence on that movie. Um, but you know, anyway, Britt, what did you? The searchers. I gave this a four point five, mostly for cinematography. So I had my finger on the four before you even said four. And what 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 would you say, uh, Ian? What's your rating? Elvis uh -huh. was a hero to most, but he never meant shit to me. You see, straight out racist. That sucker was simple and plain. Motherfuck him and John Wayne. Is this a Kanye lyric? I swear Pu to God. Public okay. enemy, fight the power. All right. All right. <laughs> She, uh, she, she's she's only half black. She's only half black. She doesn't know the other part. I don't know Public Enemy by heart. That's for sure. Sorry. The uh, famous Radio Raheem, 1989. What did you give uh, this fucking film, Ian? Four. <laughs> Which you I should have known four. by the Public Enemy quote. Uh, I gave it a four, and but I would, like I said, I would recommend it for a bunch mm. of people to watch and make fun of because mm. I think That's it's just ridiculous. ridiculous. It That's could be ridiculous. interesting You're for ridiculous. that. Yeah, I could see that. Bo, I'm dying. 
Uh, I gave The Searchers by John Ford, starring John Wayne from 1956, an eight. Wow. <laughs> wow. I wow. gave it an, you it know, an eight. Because, this is... because I, I dug deep. I dug deep. This is so listen, interesting gave, because I don't know if either of you read the Martin Scorsese review. It was like a guest review on some other, you know, bigger oh, okay. reviewing website. Say? And I, it, it also, it was him and also Roger Ebert. They both, you know, okay. Scorsese is like, this is one of my favorite films of time, right? And I come back to it all the time. Okay. I love it so much. It's okay. fucking amazing. And Ebert gave it okay. four stars. And both of them, oh, okay. in their extensive, and I read every word, they almost, in the same way that you did, discussed plenty of things that were wrong. Plenty of things that it did not bring to fruition, yet still gave it this glowing rating. It's like your words did not match your rating. Like you're recognizing that there is so much wrong with this film. And yeah, okay, ignore all the slapstick and the overacting and the this and the that. It didn't really work, but it's amazing. Like I'm just missing Dude. like this. Me, I see point A let, and point let, B, let, and let, I'm no, no, no. I'm so I the journey is lost on me. So what you're what you're saying is you disagree with me, Martin Scorsese, and Roger Ebert, and that we all miss the point is what you're saying, right? Hey, I'm not saying you missed the point. I'm saying that you're saying one thing. If you go and look at all right, if you yeah. go look at Roger Ebert's review, most of what he talks about is things that this film did not succeed at. Yet he then, okay. go, like, he almost says nothing positive about it, yet he then gives it four stars. And I'm just like, what? I missed Ian's something. Dying. And the, Ian, Ian. No, no and, to, and to piggyback off that, right, it's like, I'm not ignoring a lot of the strong points you made. I, I don't, I think you, you, again, defended it. I don't get how people, like, it's just like, I don't get how you get to an eight yeah. on this. I don't get how people are like, this is one of the greatest movies of all time. I That's the thing. It's like, if you would have said seven, I'd be like, all right. If you would have said 6.5, like, all right. But eight, right, I, like, gave it a, gave, I gave, it, I gave a, it a seven. Is it a hard eight? Is, is it a hard eight? It's, is it's it a, a hard eight. <laughs> is it a, it's a, this is one eight that I do not want. That's all I'm saying. I mean, um, stick, with, stick with your eight. <laughs> stick with your hard eight. I mean, it's just, it's on par. I will put, you know, this on par with white, uh, that go what TT. So. Wow. I'm offended, Ian. Thank you. Yeah. This, this was, this is the net. I mean, I guess like I put this next to Jojo Rabbit. I mean, <laughs> you haven't even seen Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, but you gave boy an eight. It, so, you know, same, same. Hey, boy. Boy, Let's come go on, watch egg. Michael Jackson. Let's go watch Michael Jackson. My, my dad's going to um, take me to see the searches. I heard John Wayne is as cool as Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> hey, Ick. Ick, let's go. We're going to be in a Michael's motorcycle king. Let's go. Michael Jackson's motorcycle I'll king. I'd like to join your motorcycle guy. <laughs> I play some guitar. <laughs> I'll sit in my rocking chair. <laughs> That'll be the day. Yeah. Oh boy. Hey, Ian, don't you don't you Ian have the coming attractions for next week? We I guess I'll be a gang of one then. 
Draymond. Coming up next week <laughs> on Movie Cinema Film Club. I know you both are traveling this week. Mm-hmm. And so my my category for the week are movies you could watch on an aeroplane. I so appreciate that. I can't wait. So Nymphomaniac <laughs> Part 3. Oh, and... God. No. Oh, God. Uh, so I'm, I'm breaking script a little bit, and uh, I'm picking very specific movies for each of you. Oh. Is it airplane? So Bo... Well, I know that it's one of the things that I think I know Britt has seen or I have seen. Bo, uh, you are going to watch. We're finally doing it. We're finally getting a Wes Anderson movie, Fantastic Mr. Fox. That is a great plane. Now, again, I've seen it. Brittany's Mm -hmm. seen it. And we're more than welcome to rewatch it. It's 90 minutes long. Where's it at? Uh, You'll be... Yeah, you can fucking find it. I don't know. You can rent it. Wow. Okay, okay. Okay. I'm gonna rent it. I, it's, I, on, it's, it's on Disney Plus. I pay. I pay so many fucking things, and then I'm still renting shit. This is so stupid. Okay. What's the next film? For Brit, 1977's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah! I'm stoked. Brittany, send us off. Send us off. Uh. I- I have nothing to send you off with other than The Searchers is awful, Bo is wrong, and uh, we hope that you tune in to our next episode where we discuss close encounters of the Michael Jackson kind and fantastic Mr. Fox. The end. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. I love you. I love you. Movie Cinema Film Club is brought to you by Shit Show Media. Make sure you check out all of our upcoming movies we'll be talking about on our Instagram at Movie Cinema Film Club. If you have an opinion, a comment, or a movie you think we should watch and discuss, email us at moviecinemafilmclub at gmail.com. This week's episode was written by Ian Schof, Brittany Everett, and me, Bo Hufford, and it was edited by Brittany Everett. Remember, support your local cinema, don't spoil films, be oh so quiet at the movies, and for the love of God, choose to read subtitles and boycott film dubbing. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.